God is in the house today. Amen. Amen. Whose house is it? This is God's house. Amen. Hallelujah. We're the new Philadelphia warriors. Yeah. Amen. New Philadelphia spirit filled warriors. Okay. We need a mascot. Who wants to be our mascot? Uh, Caleb, you win. (laughs) Amen. God is so good. Amen. As uh, I shared last night at the um, joint prayer meeting, one, something that I picked up while I was in the States, or I picked up even from just men of God that I've been meeting. A lot of people have been saying, come on. Come on. Come on, Lord. Come on. It's like a, you got to weigh it. You got to say it in a certain way. But uh, I, w- I want to hear some come ons. Come on. Come on. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. Uh, leave your Bibles open to Luke chapter 21. And we're going to flip through. Some passages today, so keep your Bibles open. Hallelujah. We want to welcome anyone uh, who's here for the first time. Uh, We welcome you to the house of the Lord. Uh, We are going to the the Lantern Festival later tonight. tonight. What, What is it called? Something Soul Lantern Festival, Hallelujah, yeah. So uh, we have what's called a uh, Sunday night live. It's a fellowship thing that we do each week. So tonight we are going to the Chungechun for the Soul Lantern Festival. So we invite everybody to come out. If you are a newcomer, you will get a free dinner, okay? Because that's just the way we do things here, okay? And uh, if one of the leaders does not offer you to buy you dinner, Okay, you come talk to me, and uh, I will force one of the leaders to do so. Okay. <laughs> no, but we, we, will, we do pay for your dinner, so, so come on out, fellowship with us, get to know us, even if you're just visiting for a week or what, just come out and get to know us. Uh, let's look at Luke chapter 21, and uh, I'm going to share with you a word today. I believe it's going to be a powerful word. Look at verse 1. Jesus looked up, saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. In other words, this poor widow, she gave everything. You know, a denarius, a denarius is a day's wage. So today's equivalent of a denarius would be about $100. If you make about $2,000 a month, right, and you factor in, you work five days a week, okay, do your math, it's about $100 a day, okay? All those hours you put in at the Hagwan, okay, you make about $100 a day, okay? And uh, the widow says, it says here, she put in two small copper coins, two lepta, and uh, if you make $100 for a full day, two lepta comes out to $1.56. Okay. 
So this poor widow did not put in much into the offering box. But what the scriptures tell us is Jesus took notice of the widow's offering. Jesus took notice. Why? I tell you why. It's because she gave everything. Today, I want to talk about giving everything. Somebody say, come on now. You know, the book of Acts tells us that the first believers, they had a habit of giving everything. Turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 44. Acts chapter 2, verse 44. The word of God says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. You know, as the early church believers, they gave everything. They experienced wonderful fellowship, favor, and growth. Right? Uh, turn to Acts 4, verse 32. The word of God says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. They're unified. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had, the word of God says, everything in common. In other words, the early church had a habit of giving everything. We're not talking about communism. We're not talking about politics here. We're just talking about giving everything. There's something special going on. And as they did this, look at verse 33. Look at the results. The Bible says, and... With great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Okay, The giving everything movement broke out in the church, and the Bible says great grace was upon them all. Okay, In this passage, there seems to be a relationship between giving everything and great grace and also great power. Because that's what the church was seeing. You know, being, uh, in the early church, giving everything became so popular that some people who weren't willing to give everything, they pretended to give everything in order to fit in. Now, that's something else, huh? People do all kinds of weird things to fit in. But this is not one of them that you would think of, right? What were their names? Okay, Sapphira and Ananias. There's is a story of a couple who wanted the benefits of giving everything without actually giving everything. And uh, they probably asked the Holy Spirit what to give. Holy Spirit revealed it. They agreed to give it. Then they told others that they were planning to give this certain amount that the Holy Spirit revealed. But when it came time to put down the offering, they bargained with God. And they held back some of these proceeds for themselves. So the Bible says that when Peter confronted them, Ananias got slain, literally, and he did not get back up. Okay, hallelujah. And then three hours later, his wife, she also, when confronted, fell down and she died. Now, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? We're at Sunday Swim. 
And, you know, one of the leaders, you know, claimed to give this big offering, and then the Holy Spirit revealed to me that that person's lying. And all I do is simply confront them. I, I just say, Chung! How has Satan so filled your heart that you have not, you have held back some of the proceeds of that offering? When you sold your PlayStation, your PS3, you have not lied to men, you have lied to God. And the moment I say that, Chung falls down, he dies. We have to go get the ambulance and then we find out he's actually dead. And then he has a girlfriend. His girlfriend comes in and, or uh, let's say he's married. Let's just say he's married. He's married and his wife comes in and she, she also dies. I mean, what, that would, what would that do to a church? That would scare you. That would put the fear of God in everybody, whether you believe or not. You'd be like, whoa, I do not want to go to that church. There's something, man, if, if like the commitment, like they would not have a problem at that church with commitment levels. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, you want to just have people just like, hey, let me attend this church. I like this church. Let me join this church. No. You better be serious. But that's what happened. And what I think was happening was giving everything is such a precious act of faith that through Ananias and Sapphira, God was clarifying that this is not something he's going to let just people trample over and lie about. This is precious in his sight. This act of giving everything. Now, I want us to just kind of review the Bible. Let's look at some more examples of persons who gave everything. If you look in Genesis chapter 4, you will notice that there are two brothers that bring an offering to God. When Cain gave an offering to the Lord, he just gave what he was supposed to give. But when his brother Abel gave an offering, he gave the best. In other words, Abel gave everything. And the Bible says that God had regard for Abel and his offering. Did you hear that? When you give the best, when you give the first fruits, when you give everything to God, the Lord has regard for you and your offering. Such an offering doesn't go into a big pile of money. He actually has regard for it. God doesn't look at what or how much you give. He looks at your heart to see if you are giving the minimum like Cain or if you are giving everything like Abel. You see, I always thought that God had regard for Abel because Abel brought him an animal sacrifice. And if I was God, you know, I'd choose a barbecue over a salad any day. You know, but what they brought had nothing to do with it. Okay? It was all a matter of the heart. If Cain had brought the best of his produce and gave everything unto the Lord, I'm confident that his offering would have also been regarded by the Lord. You look later in the book of Genesis, chapter 22. You have Abraham. And... uh God promises him a son in his old age. And uh, when he's 100 years old, okay, and back then, people who were 100, they looked like they were 100, okay? You might be like, well, that was thousands of years ago, and and, uh, they probably had a better environment, so they probably looked 30 when they were 100. No, they looked 100. Everybody knew it. And when when everybody heard this promise, they would laugh. It was this laughable promise. And... uh, When he's a hundred, he has a son named Isaac. 
And this miracle baby must have been the talk of the town. And in Genesis chapter 22, God tests Abraham and tells him to go up to the mountain and sacrifice his son as a burnt offering. Now, imagine how hard this must have been. God tells Abraham to sacrifice his son. Okay, Isaac, if you think about it, because he was born to Abraham and Sarah in such an old age, Isaac meant everything to them. You know, that was their real, true biological son. And the Bible says Abraham obeyed the Lord. He went up to this mountain. He bound up his son. He said, son, we're going to play a little game. You're going to lie down here. Don't mind the ropes. It's going to get a little tight. Okay. Daddy, I like this game. That's right. You're going to like this game, son. You're just going to just lay there. Stay quiet. <laughs> What's wrong, daddy? Well, nothing, nothing. All right. Just lay there. Daddy, why are you taking out a knife? Shh, be quiet, son. You're making this hard on me. <laughs> All right. And he took out that knife. He was going to, he was going to do it. And God saw how serious Abraham was, and God stopped him at the last second. How many of you guys know that God is an on-time God? Amen? Amen. God's never late. (laughs) Hallelujah. And even though Abraham didn't end up sacrificing Isaac, in God's eyes, Abraham was fully obedient, and when tested, he gave everything. And because he gave everything, God blessed him, saying, Your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Okay, These amazing blessings and promises were released when Abraham learned to give everything. Hallelujah. You fast forward to 1 Kings chapter 17. We have the account of the prophet Elijah being led to the widow in Zarephath. Somebody say Zarephath. Zarephath. Yeah. You know, when I was typing up, Microsoft Word was like highlighting it all red. Man, I get so annoyed with Microsoft Word sometimes. They're telling me Zarephath is not a real world, word. And, and I right click and I say, you better learn that word right there. Click. And then, you know, and then it, it learns the word. Anyway, I'm sorry. <coughs> uh, Elijah gets led to this widow. And there was such a famine in the land. That was so severe that when Elijah found her, she was gathering sticks to prepare her very last meal. So Elijah tells her, give me that final meal. All right. And then he prophesies that the jar of flour will not run out and her jug of oil will not run empty. And then the widow ended up giving her last meal to Elijah. Now, you got to remember, she didn't just prepare any old meal for him. She was giving everything that she had saved up for herself and her son. It was their last meal, and she gave it to the prophet of God. And as the widow gave everything, the Bible says, God worked a miracle for her and her whole household. Let's go to the New Testament. Let me share you a story of giving everything from the New Testament. In John chapter 6, we have a young boy. And he gives up his lunch. He gives up his lunch in order to help feed a huge crowd. Five loaves and two fish. That's all he had. All right. 
But if you think about it, for a little kid, that's a pretty big lunch. Hey, little kid, you gonna eat all that? Hey, man, just give it to me. Just give it. Give me everything, little boy. I'm pretty sure the boy gave everything, but uh, if it was stolen from him, then I guess it doesn't apply. But let's just imagine that the boy gave everything willingly. Okay, he gives us big lunch. It's a big lunch for a little boy, but it's nowhere close to feeding 5,000 people. But the Bible says, when this little boy gave everything he had to Jesus, Jesus turned it into a miracle. I'm telling you, there's something precious about giving everything. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 7, we read the account of a woman who comes to Jesus with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. You know, Bulgari or uh, 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 Calvin Klein, CK1, 2, 3, and you know, something very expensive. What's the most expensive perfume out there right now, woman, ladies? Chanel 205. I don't know. <laughs> okay, very expensive. And she doesn't give Jesus just a couple of drops. She pours the whole thing on Jesus' head. And then the disciples become indignant Indignant, indignant, indignant. They go, man, what a waste of money. And Jesus, this is what he says in Matthew 26, verse 12. He says, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. She's done a beautiful thing. Leave her alone. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. That's amazing. Come on. Every time the gospel is preached, your little act of giving everything gets mentioned. That's crazy, man. This woman, man, when you get up to heaven, you better go meet her. You'd be like, oh, you're the woman who did that. Man, we heard a lot about it because every time we preach the gospel, we will hear about this story. Right? Well, how amazing. In other words, Jesus is saying that whenever his people give everything, it is beautiful in his eyes. And he loves it. And then he reserves honor for those who worship him in this way. People who give everything. Now, as we review all these Bible accounts, one thing is clear. God loves it when we give everything. If you think about it, God loves it when we give everything in praise. You know, like similar to today, man, people are just giving everything. You know, there's something beautiful about that. Some people who are not used to it be like, well, that was really loud, actually. I don't know. It was kind of unnerving me a little bit. But as, as it was unnerving you, I'm telling you, deep in your spirit, you were like, oh, I actually like that. I, I want that. I want to praise like them. So strange, but I like it. I'm telling you, deep in your spirit, that's what it's telling you. And if you're not telling yourself that, you're lying to yourself. That was some beautiful praise that was going on. People giving everything. God loves it when we give everything in leadership. When we give everything in serving or in blessing others. God loves it when we have a free day. And then we give it all to him. When's the last time you did that? You just had a free day. What do you do when you have a free day? You just splurge. You spend it. You, you hoard it. It's mine, Lord. 
God says, hey, why don't you give that free day to... No! It's mine, you know? When's the last time you gave God an entire day? You just gave him everything. God loves it when we do that. Giving everything is beautiful in God's sight. He loves it when we give everything in offerings. We come like that widow. And we just give everything we got. And he always honors and he has regard for those who worship him in this way. What I'm sharing with you today is a very powerful word. And it's a word that God has reserved for our church until now at this hour. You know, much of the church today, we haven't developed the habit of giving everything, but of giving the minimum. It's not a habit of giving the best, but we give the leftovers. And I'm telling you, many Christians have this doctrine. I remember growing up, I saw it everywhere. People have this doctrine that when it comes to praise, they only give everything during retreats, conferences, or when the room's really, really dark. <laughs> right? And then the rest of the time, they just give the minimum. If you don't believe me, just go to America. Or just go to your typical church and see how they praise God. Tell them, maybe people have this habit of giving the minimum. How about money? When it comes to money, Christians can be very tight-fisted. We have a lot of non-Christians putting us to shame with generosity. A lot of Christians are so, they have that cheap spirit, and we got to make war on that cheap spirit. You know, in America, the government takes about 15% in taxes and such. Then God takes 10%. And so Americans become terribly tight-fisted with the remaining amount. And I heard in Canada, they take like 40%. And then God, you know, God takes 10%. You give the government 40%. I don't know how y'all live up there in Canada. <laughs> Free health care. That's great. Um. <coughs> God bless Canada. <laughs> we have a lot of Canadians in the room. Now, what happens is when we go to restaurants, and this is specifically true of Asian American Christians, Come, let me just call you out right now. All right? Come on, right? All the non-Koreans in here, come on. We always, when it comes to tipping, we always give the minimum. Because <laughs> we were thinking, man, all the menu prices are so expensive already. Man, I'm going to make sure I pay the least I can with this tip. All right? That's true. That's right. Or we'll give less than the minimum. And then we'll pretend that we messed up the math. But I'm telling you right now, man, those non-Asian people, man, they look at you, they're like, why are you tripping? I know y'all Asians are good at math. You're not tricking me. You know you did the math right. You're robbing me of my tip. Right? We, and, and check it out. We only give the minimum if the service is good. But when the service is bad, we make sure we give less than the minimum. (laughs) Now, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you heard of somebody leaving a $40 tip on a $30 meal? When's the last time somebody did that? You know, 
I first heard about this habit of giving from, yes, Joel Olstein. Now, people hate on this guy, but man, he inspires me. Maybe he, you know, I may not agree with all of his emphasis, but man, he's got, he's gifted. There's an inspirational, encouraging gifting he's got. And he inspired me to get into the same habit. And he challenges people to be really bold and leave these kinds of crazy tips for waitresses or waiters, especially when they give you bad service. Because these are the best moments in which we can show them a picture of God's grace. So I'll tell you about uh, the most recent experience I had of this. When I was over in Maryland for the Voice of the Apostles Conference, uh, we had a couple um, friends that stayed with us at our hotel. Uh, Ward and Jonathan Farrier. Ward and Jonathan Farrier. They're... Wonderful brothers in Christ. And uh, the Pattaya team had met uh, Ward. He was out there for the Extreme uh, Love Conference. And so Aaron knew Ward. And, and then Ward and Jonathan, they were just, you know, kind of, uh, they had just kind of gotten uh, revived and coming back to the Lord. And, um, you know, they were just living by faith. And so they came out to this conference with very little money, nowhere to stay. And so the first night of the conference, somebody offered their hotel room. They went to the wrong hotel, and they ended up sleeping on the floor somewhere. And I just heard about this, right? And I just, and I just said, man, I hope you all find something tonight. <laughs> okay, that's what I initially said, but I knew what Aaron was thinking. Okay, because God blessed us with this hotel room that had a living room area. And, and I somehow knew that the sofa was a pull-out bed. And so I knew what Aaron was thinking, and so I just said, might as well just say it. And pretend it came from me. <laughs> and I say, hey, hey, honey, why don't you offer them to stay at our hotel? Okay, and this was a tough decision because uh, this hotel, Porsche used to work there. Okay, this hotel has the best breakfast buffet that I've ever, ever had at a hotel. And it was free. It was included. And I mean, after that first breakfast, man, I was loving it. I was like, looking forward to the next day. But if I knew if Ward and Jonathan stayed at our hotel... You know, it'd be weird if I go down and get the breakfast and they're up there, you know, starving. You know, what would Jesus do? Well, of course, of course, Jesus will offer the breakfast to them. You know, so I knew that 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 would be part of it. And so, you know, I think that was all the implications of offering them our hotel room. But guess what? We, you know, God was like, you know, you're gonna do it anyway. Might as well do it joyfully. And I, you're like, I'm like, Lord, Lord, you're right. I just put a big smile and I said. Honey, come on, just offer them the hotel room. And so we offered them uh, our hotel room. And they were just so jolly and joyful. And they were just like, God is our provider. Hallelujah. What an answer prayer. And so we snuck him in to the hotel. And I was kind of afraid that we we're going to get caught or something. They're going to charge us more or something. But we got him in there. God, like, you know, shrouded them. And I kind of walked in front of them. So the hotel, you know, anyway, uh, they stayed at our hotel room. And they go down and they get breakfast. And they love it. It's, it's, they love the breakfast. And they come up with a story about one of the waitresses down there, one of the bus girls. And I guess her name was Sarah. And uh, they struck up a conversation. And, and they were like, we're here for a Christian conference. And we're just so in love with Jesus. He's so great. He's so wonderful. And, they're, and she's probably thinking, what's wrong with them? Why are they talking this way? And, and then they got to just kind of plant a seed. And so they came up. And then they told, they told me, Pastor Christian... And Aaron, why don't you guys put in a good word on the, on the uh, feedback form? 
and just put like Sarah was a great waitress or something like that, you know, and just give her some props so that maybe God will show her some favor. And so on the last day of the hotel stay, uh, Ward and Jonathan had already driven home. And so I got to enjoy the breakfast again. So I went down there. <laughs> I filled out the survey form already and I, and I put uh, any comments. And I said, yes, Sarah was awesome. She is so great. Wonderful. I don't know what I put, something like that. And I go downstairs and I'm enjoying my breakfast and I'm looking on TV and I notice the Yankees beat the Phillies again and, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, bring down the haughty Lord anyway. And, uh, (laughs) and, and I'm eating breakfast and I hear this voice and she goes, wow, that bagel and cream cheese looks amazing. And, and I knew immediately that it was Sarah. So I look up at her and I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. And she's like, oh, I got to get me that after my shift is done. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I look over at a name tag and it's her. And so I go, all right. Well, Lord, I've been asking for divine appointments all week. And I'm trying to get into that habit of giving these outrageous, crazy tips just to be a blessing to people. And so I took out a napkin and I wrote, dear Sarah, the Lord loves you very much. He's looking out after you. And he's got a wonderful plan to prosper you. To, to give you hope in the future. Jeremiah 29, 11. I took out my wallet. And I only had $1 bills. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you the truth. What am I gonna give, give her my credit card? I only had $1 bills. <laughs> and so I counted it all out. Guess how much there was? $29. I said, well, that's great. Maybe it'll be a great reminder for her about the Bible verse. So I put the $29 into the napkin. I fold it up, put her name on top, leave it on my table. And I'm just kind of waiting for her to kind of come around. Because I don't want one of the other bus girls to like be like, you know, put that in her in their pocket, you know. So I was like waiting for her. And then finally she's coming around the corner and my heart starts beating. And I'm like, okay, I, I got to bounce. And I get up and I start walking out really quickly and briskly. And Sarah's like, and I hear her in the background. She's like, oh, wow. How did you know my, wow, wow. Hey, hi, hey, hey. And I get in the elevator. I didn't, it wasn't about me. I, I didn't want to meet her. It was, it was, you know, I knew it was God who was doing it. So I didn't want her to associate it with some Asian face or something, you know? <laughs> or maybe it would have been a healing thing, you know? <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> and I, I told Ward and Jonathan about it last night as I was preparing a sermon and they wrote back this morning and they were like, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. God's so good. Church, we got to break our addiction to the minimum. And we got to begin to get in the habit of giving everything. The Lord our God says we are blessed to be a blessing. Tight-fisted people are not a blessing. Cheap people are not a blessing. When we give, we got to learn just get in the habit of giving everything. You know, I approach some people and I say, Hey, brother, why don't you start serving at the church? 
Man, I heard you can play the guitar, man. We should just start serving, man. You should sign up, get get back there, sign up with the get involved sheet. Or, you know, I'll say to them, hey, you know, why don't you come out to our prayer meetings, you know? You know, come on out. And the most common answer I hear when people say, oh, you know, I don't want to, like the common excuse I hear is, well, I don't know, you know, I don't have a heart for the church yet, you know. I want to, but my heart's just not there yet. What am I supposed to say to that? <laughs> okay, I understand. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you know, but sisters, let me tell you a secret. A secret that will help remedy this condition with the quickness. Okay. Give a really big offering to the church. I'm serious. That's the remedy. You might say, uh, Pastor Christian, that sounds like manipulation. No, it's not. It's not. It's biblical. I'm telling you right now. Let me tell you. It's, it's, it's in the Bible. Jesus taught in Matthew 6. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Come on. Somebody say that's true. Where your treasure is there your heart will be also i'm telling you if you give lots of your hard-earned money to the church guess what's going to happen your little apathy problem just got remedied okay your heart for the church is going to just grow exponentially hallelujah I'm i'm just giving you a little secret for all those people who struggle with church hopping and can't commit to one place. You know, today I'm going to give everybody today an opportunity to give everything. All right, let your heart start pumping now. Heart beats racing. Okay, look, take this out. We're going to do something that I heard about from Pastor Robert Mars at Gateway Church in Texas. And it's called... A miracle offering. Okay. And just as we talked about with the widow of Zarephath and the boy with the five loaves and two fish, right? Giving everything can release a miracle. Okay. And so through this special offering, I'm going to open it up for people to present an offering where they give everything unto the Lord. Now, Giving everything does not mean emptying out your savings account. Although this is not discouraged. Okay. Not what necessarily giving everything is about. Uh, giving everything does, um, it simply means taking the time to pray and asking the Lord how much you should give and then ev- giving everything he says to give. That's what a miracle offering is. You just ask the Lord, Lord, how much God tells you amount? Then you give everything that he tells you to give. That's what a miracle offering is. And then you step back and you watch God do his thing. And he'll work miracles in and around you. (coughs) 
I want us to bow our heads right now in prayer. God, let's get, get into prayer mode. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray. Okay? And we're just going to ask God, Lord, how much do you want me to give? And look, and no one in here can force you to take part in this offering. No one can force you to take part in this offering. And if you don't want to take part, you know, just sit there and pray, you know. But I, and I want to encourage everybody in here. I don't want you to miss out because God's going to do something very powerful in here right now. And you're going to see miracle testimony after testimony being birthed out of the Sunday service today. And I just don't want you to miss out on it. I don't want you to be like Cain and looking at all the favor Abel was receiving and just get filled with jealousy because you didn't take part in what Abel did. You know, and some people might be sitting there and worrying, what if I give less than what God wants me to give? Okay. Well, if you're worried about that, all right, just double the amount that you get on your heart. All right, I'll help you with that. Some of you might be sitting there and thinking, what if I give more than what God wants me to give? Can I just assure you that if you give more, I'm pretty sure God's going to be okay with that. And if you're asking me, is it possible for me to be more generous than God? The answer is no. You can never outgive God. Some people may say, well, what I, I want to give this offering to a charity or to a missionary. And to that, I would say, you know, you can still give to those causes. But the offering we're doing right now is for building the house of the Lord. It's for what God is doing here at New Philadelphia. And no one will know about it except you and God. So that no one can thank you except God himself. And, you know, I want to exhort everyone, you know, do not miss out on what God's doing here today. When people would rather give money to a specific charity or missions rather than the church, you know, sometimes that's an issue of control. And we got to learn to let go. God's not asking you today, where do you think this money will go best? God's just asking you, will you obey and give everything? And for a lot of you in here, you've never worshiped God in this way. But I'm telling you, I'm giving you an invitation. It's an invitation into a habit of giving everything. And that invitation is also the same one into a life of miracles. And, you know, uh, as we're going to take a moment and um, I'm going to ask the praise team to come up and we're going to sing. Love came down and rescued me. We're going to sing that song. And as we sing that song, you can ask the Lord and uh, try to hear from him. If you can't hear from him, if you want to just set it at some amount that, you know, is your faith amount. It's like the most you've ever given. And that's giving everything for you. You know, you make up that. You make up your mind before the Lord. And, you know, as you prepare to give, I just want to say, uh, let us all give responsibly. You got to give within your means. Okay. If you 
are going into debt to give a miracle offering, okay, it's not a good idea. Okay, you cannot give what you don't have. All right, that's just irresponsible. Don't do that. Uh, and, you know, I do want to say, you know, the church needs money. You know, we need money to do the ministry of the church, to do the apostolic work, to pay out salaries, to do missions. We need money. But today, this offering is not a fundraiser. Okay, so don't try to meet a need. That's not the nature of this offering. This is an opportunity for you to worship God. This is an opportunity for you to exercise giving everything so that God can release miracles into your life. It is an issue between you and Him. I'm telling you, that woman with the alabaster jar, when she came into the room, she didn't see anyone who was sitting in the room. It was between her and Jesus. And that's what giving everything is all about. And as we give, I want everybody here to give out a joy. (laughs) And the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. And I learned that the Greek word for cheerful is hilaros, which is where we get the English word hilarious. You know, as you guys are sitting there praying about what amount to give for this miracle offering, some of you are going to have a hilarious moment with God. But as you give... Let's give joyfully, because God loves a hilarious giver. You know, before we take up the offering, before we sing the song and take up the offering, I want to I say one thing. Earlier in my sermon, I talked about all these various people in the Bible who gave everything. All right, and keep recording back there on the media team. Keep recording. I gave all these examples of the Bible, in the Bible about people who gave everything. But you know what? There's more, one more person in the Bible who is a great example of giving everything. And that's God the Father. The Father has given us the earth, the heavens, the sea, and everything in them. He's given us the breath of life, family, and the ability to produce wealth. And if that wasn't enough, the Father gave us His only Son so that we can have everlasting life. Make no mistake about it, when God sent His Son to the cross, the Father gave us everything. The Bible tells us that Romans 8.32, Romans 8.32, because He gave us His Son, how will He not also, along with Him, Graciously give us all things. You don't got to worry about your life, your paycheck, your clothes. You don't got to worry about any of that. Because if God the Father gave His Son, why would He withhold all those other things? And before we sing the song, there's one more person in the Bible we got to mention who gave everything. He gave us his words. He showed us compassion. He purchased our healing by taking 39 lashes across his body. He suffered on the cross to satisfy the wrath of God. And he bled every drop of blood. He gave everything, every drop of blood to wash away our sin. To wash away 
all of your sin, past, present, and future. And if you want to talk about someone who gave everything, we can't forget the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He gave everything. And the Bible tells us that both the Father and the Son, they gave everything with joy. They weren't backed into a corner. They didn't give grudgingly. They gave with joy. You know, this miracle offering today, you know, we've been talking a lot about the heart of the Father. This miracle offering today, this is a direct invitation to the Father's heart. We will never understand the heart of the Father until we learn how to give everything. And can I just say, as your spiritual father, as your pastor, I'm so proud of you, New Philly. All throughout, you know, 2009, people at this church have been giving and giving so generously to the church and to missions. I mean, it's amazing how much you guys have been investing into the kingdom. And today, with this miracle offering, I believe we're going to enter into a whole new level of faith, anointing, and authority. As we learn to give everything, God's going to entrust us with million-dollar budgets. We're not going to be just budgeting for an event that, that's $500, $1,000. Some of you are going to budget and serve for events that are going to be in the millions, in the tens of millions of dollars. Why? Why would God entrust you with things like that? Because he sees your heart. You're a humble person. You're a worshiper who knows how to give everything. And what makes this miracle offering a miracle is not the amount that we see collected and then later on we say, wow, what a miracle. Look at all this money. No. Okay. As I said earlier, there's a strong connection between giving everything and seeing a miracle. God's going to give you amazing personal testimonies out of this offering. I'm telling you, man, this is just God's hobby. This is what he loves to do for fun. He loves to just put together miracles. And I'm telling you, the offering that you give today, you give it from a heart that's giving everything. He's going to regard your offering. He's going to honor it. It will not go unnoticed. And he's going to bless you. And he's going to bless our church with lots of miracles. But you know what? The coolest miracle that's about to take place in this house right now is the miracle that God's going to do in your heart. Some of you have been so hurt and wounded in your life, so betrayed that you have a fear of giving everything. You don't give everything. You don't open up. You don't let people into your life. I'm telling you, some of you guys, if you guys would just get a breakthrough in this area, you might get married a lot quicker. Not everybody, but some of you, it's, it's an issue with you. Because you, you just, you've been so hurt, you don't want to give everything. And you know what? That transfers to your relationship with God. And a lot of you, you've never given everything to God. And I'm telling you, the miracle that's about to take place in here is a miracle that's going to take place in people's hearts. And as people step out and give this special offering, I believe chains of poverty, debt, wounds are going to get healed. 
lack is going to get loosed. People are going to enter into greater faith, intimacy, peace, authority, joy as they fully surrender their lives to God through giving everything. And through this offering, I believe that there's going to be a momentum, a momentum of giving everything, a momentum of miracles, and it's going to build the house of God that's going to result in people at our church. They're going to go on and they're going to open up schools, hospitals, orphanages, mission centers, church plants. They're going to take jobs in prominent positions in media, politics. They're going to build high rises in the city of Seoul. They're going to record worship albums. It's because God's going to work miracles in your life. Come on, praise team. Why don't you come on up? <clears throat> As we sing this song, love came down. And uh, why don't you guys just re- uh, remain seated so that you can kind of worship and pray at the same time. And just, uh, just talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. You know, I'm telling you, when you see Christians around you that experience incredible favor, people who get promotions that they didn't expect, you know, our sister, Sonny, I don't mean to put you on the spot, Sonny, but you're just a great example of God's favor resting on you. She's getting all these headhunters trying to recruit her to their company. And she just got another interview and, uh, and they're trying to offer her uh, a position probably with a higher salary and everything just to get her to come to their company. I mean, talk about the favor of God. It's so much favor, she doesn't know what to do with it. And she's like, Pastor Christian, what do I do with this? I just say, just go to the, go to the interview and then gracefully deny it if you don't feel like that's where you want to go. Uh, come on now. Is this not a problem that you would love to have in your life? Just favor upon favor? People who live a life of miracles, people who experience incredible intimacy with God, these are people who know how to give everything to Him. They know they're blessed to be a blessing. Come on, let's let's praise right now. Come on, you ready to praise us?